All right, everybody. Somebody go ahead and start the music. to the Prof. JC Leadership Podcast, a podcast about life, leadership, and human flourishing. My guiding philosophy is simple. What you can be, you must be. Abraham Maslow. The purpose of this podcast is to help you live an all-in life, be an all-in leader, and lead all-in teams and organizations. I'm your host, JC Hurtado Prater, yours truly. And I'm so grateful you joined me for a few moments on the podcast today. The professor is in. Happy Monday, everybody. We're going to dive in a little bit. Just go straight into it. Go hard in the paint today uh, and this week, really. I got to tell you something. My life is beautifully busy. That's the best way to put it. Beautifully busy. So because of that, probably the next few weeks, we're going to, these, these podcast episodes are going to be a little bit shorter. I even thought about taking the summer off, but then I thought, no, not doing that. Consistency is key. I was even telling a group of students that the other day that, hey, when life gets a little bit tougher, when life gets a little bit more busy, when life gets, you know, you feel like those tentacles of pressure are starting to dive into, that's the moment you need to dive in. That's the moment that you need to, uh, you need to show up. You just show up with excellence. So I made the decision. I'm not taking the summer off. I'm not taking any time off, right? We're going to keep pushing out these podcasts. But I do want to tell you that in the next couple of weeks, uh, they're probably going to be a little bit shorter. <clears throat> of course, I've said that before. And then I start talking. I just keep going. So let's dive in. This is Mental Models Monday. Uh, I love mental models. They are a way of thinking, okay? Um, or actually, I should say this. They are tools to help our thinking, okay? If I had a chart that I could show you in front of you, I would show you on the left-hand side of the chart would be your brain, and it would have information over top of it. The word information would be written. All the way on the right side of that page, you would see uh, decision, okay? And in the middle of that page, you would see a word that says emotion, Right. And here's what we typically do. We take information into our brain that funnels through because all information creates some kind of emotion. We funnel through that emotion and we immediately go to making a decision. What a mental model helps us do is now at the bottom. OK, if this is a diamond and at the top of the diamond is emotions, so you go information, emotion, decision. What I want you to do is go to the bottom of the diamond and go information, mental model, decision. And I've told this before in the podcast that I can't tell you how many times in recent months as I've been using these, uh, it's really helped me to think better, to think differently. And I will tell you in the classes that I teach, when we begin to uh, use mental models in coming up with solutions to problems, it is impressive um, how using a mental model will change 50% of the class to think differently about something because it comes through a mental model. So let's dive in here. Today we're on fs.blog, fs.blog, and the article title is 
Hanlon's razor. Relax. Not everything or everyone is out to get you. And here's what the uh, here's what the heading says. Hanlon's razor teaches us not to assume the worst intention in the actions of others. Understanding Hanlon's razor helps us to see the world in a more positive light, stop negative assumptions and improve relationships. Let's take a look at some of the examples. If you ever feel the world is against you, you are not alone. We all have a tendency to assume that when anything goes wrong, the fault lies within some great conspiracy against us. A coworker fails to give you a report in time. They must be trying to derail your career and beat you to a promotion. Your child drops and breaks an expensive plate. They must be trying to annoy you and waste your time. Wi-Fi in a copy shop not working. The staff must be lying about having uh, about having it to lure you in and sample their crappy espresso. But but the simple fact is that these explanations, which we tend to jump to, are rarely true. Maybe your coworker thought today was Tuesday, not Wednesday. Maybe your child has sticky hands from playing with Play-Doh. Maybe the Wi-Fi router was just broken. This is where Hanlon's razor comes in. So what is Hanlon's razor? Hanlon's razor is a useful mental model, which can be best summarized as this. Okay, and here's what it is. Never, never attribute to malice that which can be adequately adequately explained by neglect. Let me say that one more time. Never attribute to malice that which can be adequately explained by neglect. I also saw one the other day that said this, never attribute to malice that which can be explained by stupidity. (laughs) So neglect or stupidity, right? Uh, So often what we do is somebody makes a mistake They neglect something, they make a stupid decision, whatever it is, and we attribute it to malice. That person intentionally did that to me. No, could just be that they were neglectful or hate to use the word, but stupid, right? Like Occam's razor, and we'll study that as well, this heuristic is a useful tool for rapid decision-making and intelligent cognition. Applying Hanlon's razor in our day-to-day lives allows us Uh, allows us to better develop relationships, become less judgmental, and improves rationality. Hanlon's razor allows us to give people the benefit of the doubt and to have more empathy. In this way, the value of Hanlon's razor is pronounced in relationships and business matters. It's a simple fact that most of us spend a large part of our day communicating with others and making choices based on those communications. We all lead complex lives wherein, as Murphy's Law states, things are constantly going wrong. When this occurs, a common response is to blame the nearest person and assume they have malicious intent. People are quick to accuse corporations, politicians, their bosses, employees, coffee shop workers, and even family of trying to derail them. When someone messes up around us, we forget how many times we too have done the same thing. We, we forget how many times we have elbowed someone in the street, knocked over a drink at a relative's house, or forgotten to meet a friend at the right time. Instead, the perpetrator becomes a source of intense irritation. To assume intent in such a situation is likely to worsen the problem. None of us can ever know what someone else wanted to happen. The smartest people make a lot of mistakes. Inability or neglect is far more likely to be the cause than malice. 
when, when a situation causes us to become angry or frustrated, it can be valuable to consider if those emotions are justified. Often the best way to react to other people causing us problems is by seeking to educate them, not disdain them. And this way we can avoid repeats of the same situation. So what are the origins of Hanlon's razor? The phrase Hanlon's razor was coined by Robert J. Hanlon, but it has been voiced by many people throughout history. So here's some of the quotes here. Napoleon Bonaparte famously declared, Never ascribe to malice that would that which is adequately uh, explained by incompetence. Okay, um, Goethe wrote similarly in the uh, in the Sorrows of Young Werther in 1774. Misunderstandings and neglect create more confusion in this world rather than trickery and malice. At any rate, the last uh, two are certainly much less fr- uh, fr- frequent. The German general Kurt von Hammerstein Equard, I hope I'm saying that right, uses Hanlon's razor to assess men. He says this, I divide my officers into four groups. They are, or there are clever, diligent, stupid, and lazy officers. Okay, clever, diligent, stupid, and lazy. Usually two characteristics are combined. Some are clever and diligent. Their place is the general staff. The next lot are stupid and lazy. They make up 90% of every army and are suited to routine duties. Anyone who is both clever and lazy is qualified for the highest leadership duties because he possesses the intellectual clarity and the composure necessary for difficult decisions. One must be aware of anyone who is stupid and diligent. He must not be entrusted with any responsibility because he will only he will always cause only mischief. That is interesting right there. That's a great quote. Wow. I'm going to have to dive into that at some point. Maybe we'll come back and talk about that uh, another time. A lot more in this article here that we don't necessarily want to go into. Um, It talks about the availability of heuristic confirmation bias, right? We all have the tendency to look for information which confirms pre-existing beliefs, uh, biases from, uh, you know, disliking, uh, or hating. Okay, so uh, so let me just read one more thing here, a couple more things here, because this is really good for me. I'll be honest, this came at a timely moment in my own life. Okay, so let's look at some of the uses of Hanlon's razor. In the media, for instance, modern media treats outrage as a profitable commodity. Come on now, Uh, you've probably seen this in recent years. This often takes the form of articles which attribute malice to uh, that which could be explained by incompetence or ignorance. We see examples of this play out in the media multiple times a day. People rush to take offense at anything which contradicts their worldview or which they imagine to do so. Media outlets are becoming increasingly skilled at generating assumptions of malice intent. When looking at newspapers, right? When, when looking at newspapers, websites, and social media, it can be beneficial to apply Hanlon's, Hanlon's razor to, to what we see. For example, when Apple's Siri voice, Siri voice, Apple's Siri voice searched launched, search launched, I'm sorry, search launched, people noticed it could not search for abortion clinics. This was immediately taken up as proof of, of misogyny within the company when in fact a programmer, a programming error caused the problem. A similar issue has occurred in uh, numerous times. Let me get back to my article here. Every time I talk into this iPad, it come on. Let's get out of there. Okay, let's go back. Okay, there we go. 
A similar issue uh, has occurred at a number of times with YouTube content pro- uh, policies. When videos discussing LGBTQ matters were filtered out on the restrictive uh, viewing mode, many people took extreme offense at this. The reality is that, again, this was an algorithm error and not a case of homophobia on the part of the programmers. Countless videos which do not discuss anything related to LGBTQ issues have also been filtered. This shows it to be the case of confirmation bias, wherein people see the malice they expect to see. That's part of the problem is we expect to see malice. We want to see it at times. And so we go into situations searching for it, looking for it. And if we look hard enough, we'll find it. Okay. Let's talk about Hanlon's razors, uh, Hanlon's razor in communication and relationships. One of the most valuable uses of Hanlon's razor is in relationships and communication. It is common for people to damage relationships by believing other people are intentionally trying to cause problems for them or behaving in a way intended to be annoying. In most cases, these situations are the result of or of of inability or accidental mistakes. Okay, Douglas Hubbard uh, expanded upon the idea in failure of risk management, why it's broken and how to fix it. Here's what he had to say. I would add a clumsier but more accurate corollary to this. Never attribute to malice or stupidity That's that which can be explained by moderately rational individuals following incentives in a complex system of, of interactions. People behaving with no central coordination and acting in their own best interests can still create results that appear to some to be clear proof of conspiracy or a plague of ignorance. Okay. So again, it's, it's just there. It's all around us. Okay. Uh, there are exceptions and issues like any mental model, Hanlon's razors, Hanlon's razor has its limitations and its validity has been contested. Some critics consider Hanlon's razor to be an overly naive idea, which can blind people to, to true malice because it does exist out there. While people have malice intent far less often than we think, it is still something which must be taken into account. Sometimes actions which could be attributed to incompetence are in fact consciously or unconsciously malicious. An instance of Hanlon's razor being proven wrong is the mafia. Prior to the 1960s, the existence of the mafia was considered to be a conspiracy theory. Only when a member contacted law enforcement did police realize that the malice being perpetrated was carefully orchestrated. To make the best use of Hanlon's razor, we must be sure to put it in context, taking into account logic, experience, and empirical evidence. Make it part of your lattice work of mental models, but do not be blind to behavior which is intended to be harmful. And here's what I would say. If behavior is intentional, it's, it's intending to harm you, more than likely you're going to see it time and time and time again. Okay. The first time it's like that saying, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. <laughs> I'm going to be like George Bush. I'm going to say this wrong. I think it's fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I think that's how it goes. I thought there was a fool me three times. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. I don't know. But anyway, it's something like that. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Right. So if we see repeated patterns of what we think to be malice, uh, more than likely, if we're seeing it repeated, it probably is malice. So let's take let's let's make sure that we're watching that. Okay. now, this was helpful for me. I've talked a lot about this on the podcast and I have no shame in my game. 
I have no problem talking about this. The Uvalde situation that just happened in Texas, the massacre, 19 kids shot dead, uh, two, uh, two teachers, 21 in total, uh, 17 were injured. A grandma that day, uh, uh, I, I heard, I don't know if this is true, but that she can't speak anymore. I, 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 don't know that, I don't know if that's true or not. But anyway, terror on that day, immense amount of terror. And uh, the gunman was inside the building, inside, once he made it to the school, he went into the building. He was in there for, I believe, it was 77 minutes, over an hour and a half before uh, law enforcement got in there and took care of it. And that has been deeply disturbing to me. And there's one gentleman whose name keeps coming up, Pete Erodondo. And it keeps coming up and people are blaming him. And I've been very upset with him, to be honest with you. I've been very angry about the situation. Been very angry that this guy is still in power. Well, he came out with this. Now, that's a whole other conversation. I don't know if we'll talk about it or not. But he, he decided to do an interview. And I don't know who told him to be wise to do that. But after reading the interview, I still think he's incompetent. And I think he made a lot of bad decisions on that day. And he needs to step down from his, from his position or be fired. But I also see in that interview a man who was afraid, a man who probably lacked training, a man who was just, as it says up there at the very top, incompetent, um, or where's this other one? Uh, I don't want to say neglectful, and I definitely don't want to use the word stupid. That's not, that's not, that's not what we want to say. But as Napoleon Bonaparte said, never ascribe to malice that which is adequately, adequately explained by incompetence. This is what I see in this situation. And I will tell you, reading the interview, um, it made me more furious, but it also gave me a sense of compassion because I see a man who really is scared. He's scared of his future. He's scared of what's going to happen to him. Uh, I think he has a sense of regret about how that day played out. I think he was in over his head. I think he was incompetent in that situation. I don't think he's, I don't know of too many people who are incompetent just as people. If you read the other stories about him, right, it just happened to be he made some really poor decisions and this will define the rest of his life. And so reading that article, I was able to say, okay, okay. My anger towards him has, has subsided a little bit. Um, it's still there. How did this happen? How in the world I'm thinking about those kids. And it could be because I have a first grader myself. If I, if I knew <clears throat> that she was in that room in a room with an active shooter, I'm, Golly, I'm just thinking about all those kids in their final moments on earth, these beautiful babies and their final moments and the ones who lived or the ones who bled out their final moments in just horror and fear. Those teachers, their final moments in horror and fear. There was one teacher that made it out. He was in one of the rooms and he made it out and he will never be the same ever the rest of his life. Those school kids who uh, who witnessed what they saw will never be the same. And from what I'm hearing and from what we're all hearing through the news, it was a gruesome scene when all was said and done. And there were police officers up to 60, I guess, at the building at the time that could have responded. Somebody may have lost their life. Maybe two or three people would have lost their life, but they could have done something, in my opinion. You know, the guy explains like he's waiting for a key. It's only, and it took him 77 minutes to get a key. Come on, somebody. But I was able to, after reading this Hanlon's Razor, 
was able to say, you know what? I guarantee you nobody went into that classroom that day or in that school that day. None of the security responded saying, I don't want to see those kids saved. I'm going to go in here and I'm going to butch this. I'm, you know, I'm going to mess up this, this, this case. I'm, I'm going to, I'm just not going to do anything with it. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to walk in here and I'm going to be incompetent. Nobody ever says that, but it doesn't take away from the fact that they are incompetent and that they have that situation surpassed Pete Eredondo's level of leadership in that moment. And that's where I think we have to look at that. They, they're going to have to look at that and say, is this a person we want in a chief security position? Okay. What if this happens again? Is he going to have what it takes? Okay. But again, it helped me to realize this is not a person who did this out of malice. So I'm going to encourage the same thing for you. Next time someone does something that really, uh, really gets your goat, you know what? It goes back to the saying I say all the time, everybody at every moment of every day, Everyone is doing the best they can with the tools they have at that time. That's all I got for you today. I'll see you on the next episode of JC. Oh, my goodness. The Prof. JC Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we offer episodes just like this three times every week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Subscribe to my podcast, the Prop JC Leadership Podcast, available on Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart.com, anywhere you get your podcast, and be the first to get your episodes three times every week. I'll see you soon.